Dear Cosmo Babies, let's talk about transitioning from beauty school into the salon. I'm your host, Annie MacArthur, and I'm here with my co-host, Russell Mays, and let's get into it. You know, this reminds me, I'm going to go on a tangent here before we even get started. Uh, (laughs) My very first day at cosmetology school, I'm sitting there, and of course, you know, I'm sitting in the back with the cool kids. And, and the, the instructor is going around and it says, wants everyone to introduce themselves and, and what's your goal, you know, kind of get everybody wrought up. And this one girl, she, she stood up and she said, my name is, you know, whatever her name was. And I aspire to be the best cosmopologist I can possibly be. Oh, no. <laughs> and of course, instead of just glazing over it, the teacher was like, well, it's cosmetologists, and I guess we'll learn that along the way. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, that was rude. <laughs> she was excited. You're just taking the wind out of her sails. <laughs> she was excited. It's Poor you girl. know what? Not everyone starts off in this industry already knowing. No. Like it what really percentage is do you think place to learn? What percentage do you think of people that actually go to beauty school have any clue what it's about? Five, 10%. Yeah, maybe, maybe 20, depending on the area you live yeah, in. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and most of that experience is what they got from when they went to the mm-hmm. hairstylist or barber. But now yeah. in the day of like this, you know, YouTube university, mm-hmm. I think a lot more people think they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. hopefully we'll learn yeah. that there's different ways to do stuff. Yeah. Well, and, and that's really, I think the the gift of beauty school is not only does it give you the the knowledge of how to do it but it gives you the the physical practice of applying that knowledge to an unsuspecting guest that has extremely low standards and extremely low expectations exactly so they cut you some slack yeah all right so in the beginning what do you think when you graduate beauty school which is a a problem in and of itself what's the first thing they got to do when you get out of beauty school what's the hardest thing I have to, I have different answers for this. I have different answers based off of my personal experience, graduating school and trying to go find a job. And I have another answer based off of my years of experience in professional beauty and in the position that I work in today. So well, let's hear both of them. (laughs) My, my first answer based off personal experience is what I thought I was supposed to do was go send out my resume, go apply for jobs. I really wanted to be in an assistant program or like some sort of uh, place where I could still learn and be in like a comfort of uh, like safety in a salon and not just have to like be out on my own. Um, So I thought it was just like handing out my resume, you know, Mm -hmm. hoping somebody would, would like what they saw and and would want to take a chance on me. Uh, How did that do? Not great. I definitely, I, I did not have the start to my career as wish I hoped it would have been. Um, but I, I can't complain about it because it's where I got me today and I love where I'm at today. Mm -hmm. Um, but with all of the experience and the, the, the hardships and the, the amazing things that came from my career so far and, and in the position I work in today, which, um, I do part-time work in a salon, I, as a, program director of an assistant program within a salon in the place that I live. Um, I I would tell kids while you're still in school, go into those salons and see if you can shadow. That is the number, that is the first step. 
to getting to the next place that you want to be. Go talk to them. See if you could just go in there and spend some time. See if you vibe. See if you like it. See if they're willing to even educate you before you even get a job there. Um, see how you like it before you actually go and, you know, beg for a career there. Right. Which right. which I have a whole other conversation. <laughs> Never beg for a job ever, ever, ever. You know, I think that um, that is. Uh, <laughs> I think that's a really, really great idea. You know, because when I've owned a salon, I owned a salon for. 17 years and I would have people come in and they'd hand off the resume and the first impression that I'm going to get is going to be based upon how you look how you present yourself yeah if you come in right after you've gone to the gym that's not going to present well mm -hmm. now that doesn't mean you have to come in dressed to the nines like you're going to hang out with Beyonce but know the environment with which you're going into and if it's a, a lax salon then dress blacks if it's a, a high-end salon yes. then dress high in if it's all yes. black then go in all black yeah mirror dress for the job the salon Mirrors, yeah. i agree yeah. with that a hundred percent and that that makes a huge impression and as soon as you walk in like oh okay who's this yeah and then you you have a resume and just you know the, the resume is i think the least important part it, it's just the minimal required effort that you have to have when you walk in, it gives me the idea, oh, she's looking for a job. She's, she, he, they are taking it seriously and they've prepared this. So I can see their history, what they've done, you know, and things like that. And Absolutely. I want to see some, I want to see some hair. Yeah. I would like to see some hair. So with either a, an Instagram profile or mm -hmm. uh, some portfolio pictures, or I, I think Instagram is probably just the easiest to put it at the top, you know, next to your name and phone number. Absolutely. And, um, I think that'd be a great first step to walk in. Yeah. Now, how do they how do they research what type of salon that they want to see? How how can they find a salon? Because I mean, you know, I'm in Orange County and there's thousands of salons. How am I going to find a salon that, that I want to fit in and go work at? Yeah, absolutely. I think the easiest way is while you're still in school, start looking on Instagram. Obviously, we live in an Instagram world right now. Yeah. Um you know, or if Instagram is not your platform, look on TikTok, look on whatever social media app that you like to spend time on and see one, if the salon you're looking for is also on those apps. Mm -hmm. If not, definitely go Google them, do some research, find out if they're on any social media, um, because that's going to tell you if, if they don't have a social media presence, is that, is that something that you are looking for in a salon? You know, right. don't, so like I was saying earlier, never beg for a job. Don't go somewhere and be like, please hire me. Please give me somewhere to work. Find a place that is going to fit you because they're going to also value you in the yeah. end. If you beg yeah. for a job, you're probably not going to be very valued in that space. So if they don't have an, a social media presence, that's a great question to ask yourself if you even want to work there in the first place. So mm -hmm. find, look on social see what their presence looks like, see what their brand looks like online. And then, you know, start either, if you're not comfortable just walking into a space, maybe send them a DM, ask if, if you can come in to do some shadowing, you know, you're still a student, you'd love to come in, you'd love to check out the space, possibly maybe shadow with them for a couple of hours during the day to get a feel for what it's like working there. That is going to tell you how they're going to treat you in the future. Because, mm. or, you know, whether, whether they respond to the DM or go in, go into the salon, 
ask yeah. that same question. Can I do this? Is this something that you offer? If mm -hmm. you don't want to go in, call them on the phone, ask that same question, ask to talk to a, a front desk manager, a salon manager, the owner, or whoever, um, see if that's an option at all, because you are going to learn so much about the salon in that very first interaction. That's going to tell you if you even want to go in there and shadow. So then if you get past that point and you're having a good, uh, Report. Thank you. If you're having a good rapport <laughs> so far with the people that you're talking to, then go in, shadow for the day, get the vibe, talk yeah. to the other stylists. Are one, are they willing to educate you as someone that doesn't work there? Right. Because right. if they are, that means you're probably going to get some good education mm -hmm. as an employee. Mm -hmm. If they are not willing to educate you while you're there and they're just either going to have you just show you around or, you know, which isn't, isn't a bad thing either. Maybe you just are going in to tour the salon and to check it out. Maybe you're not shadowing or like volunteering or whatever for the day. Um, but if you are there to shadow and help and work and like get a groove for it, you mm -hmm. know, like, are they willing to educate you? Are they willing to answer your questions or do they just want you to stand next to them silently while they're working on a client? That's right. going to tell you a lot. Like that's going to tell you so much about the salon space just in itself. Oh yeah. The, the first interaction, you know, and how they, they interact with you and give you an overview and sell you on the salon. Cause it's a sales on both sides. You know, mm -hmm. I'm trying to sell you on the salon. I'm trying to sell you on how great of a person I'd be to work with. Yeah. You know, so, you know, there, there's really three avenues. When I graduate beauty school, you know, the first one is to go and apprentice somewhere, mm -hmm. which I think is probably the, the best for the majority of people, Agreed. if you can't find a good salon that offers quality education and they just want you to stand there and and sweep the hair and, and do the laundry, that's not going to learn you a whole lot. And you're going to nope. be there for years with, with no progression. Absolutely. So if that happens or you can't find a good place to apprentice, then go work at a quick service place yep. where they work on 15, 30 minute haircuts. And get your experience and get your hands into some hair and get experience mm -hmm. that way. And then and the other option is just to do your own store. That, yeah, go ahead. Um, working at somewhere that offers like a fast paced environment, like franchise or even a mom and pop shop or something that is doing these like quicker services. Yeah. One, you get a mess up. You get yeah. a mess up for a $12 haircut. And it really, yeah. really doesn't matter because you right. are learning. The other thing is that a lot of those places offer hourly wages. Mm -hmm. So you guarantee a paycheck every day. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they offer healthcare for like pay benefits, retire. Like there are other things that are very beneficial from working in those type of places that offer so much security in the beginning mm -hmm. of your career. And for mm -hmm. some people, that is an amazing place to stay long-term. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and I, I think one of the, the biggest fear factors is going into a, a quick service salon where they just throw you right on the floor and doing hair mm -hmm. is the fear that you're going to do a client's hair. You're going to jack it up and they're just going to freaking lose their head. They're going to lose their top and blow their cool and just yell and scream. And really in beauty school, they have an expectation of a 0.5 on a scale of 10. When you go into a quick service place, they have an expectation of maybe two. They just want the hair cut off because it's too long. You know, I've not had, when I worked at like a really high-end salon in New York City, in Soho, I mean, and when I first started, they had three tiers. The bottom tier, when I started, the clients were the pickiest of all of them. 
the more I charged, the less picky the client became because they expected you to know what you were doing. And also I grew into that. I grew into the, the strength that was required to be able to handle a client that was giving me grief or giving me pushback and I could handle it. And it was diffused before it even got started. Mm -hmm. So don't be afraid to go into a quick service place. Don't be afraid to be judged that, oh, you work at this place. Oh, that's beneath me. Then no, it's not beneath anybody. It works. Nope. It's still doing hair and you're making a living doing what you want. Absolutely. Um, then if you can find a place, find a salon to assist. That's the best way. You know, the third option that I would really shy anyone away from that may be thinking about it is going and instantly renting a chair. Agreed. You know, just because you were the best in school doesn't mean you're going to get out and instantly start making money. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. School is, is it's like Very acting in high school. It's yeah. like acting in high school. It's exactly. not real life. Yeah. So just because you're the best in school when you get out doesn't mean anything. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna work next to me and i got 35 years of experience and you just got out of school it, it takes time to grow into that in numerous yeah. ways yeah so it, but but on the flip side yes it does work for some people yes and yes. some people yes. need that option yeah and so i like for me like those those are kind of the three breakdowns like mm -hmm. overall like right out of school yeah and i don't think any of those options are bad but no. it would definitely tell some people to very much shy away from going and renting because you are missing out on so many opportunities, not just like a, a factor of growth as in like growing up into like these bigger and better salons or depending on where you want to go in your career. But if you get stuck, there's probably yeah. no one to help you, Yeah, you know, yeah. and there are so many other things that, that can get very crazy going straight into a rental where I don't think a lot of students and brand new professionals even know, like, do you have the right mm -hmm. insurance? Do you have, you know, do you have the yeah. things that you need to protect yourself and your clients? And mm -hmm. you probably don't even realize that you need any of it. I worked with hairstylists for 15 years that when they went rental, they had no idea how much product they actually required for all the hair color that they were doing how much retail that they were going to have, how much products that they used on their own station. Mm -hmm. they, they had no concept. They got to get a business license. They got to have insurance. They got to do all these things. Yep. And now they're like, oh my gosh, I have to do all this. Yeah. I just assume pay somebody to do it. Well, yeah. That's what you were doing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But, but for anyone that is listening to this, like, I, I would definitely say like, if that is the option that you want to do, feel free to go do that. Yeah, like there, yeah. there is no wrong option of, of going and doing and being a Correct. part of this industry. But Correct. what I would highly, highly advise is do so much research, do so the, much the research person, and make sure that you yeah. are covered for everything yeah. that you need. The person that thinks I'm going to go rent, you know, my little salon suite or rent a chair right off the bat and is supremely confident with it. They know who they are. Yes, that's a, that's a small percentage that that has to know with un, unwavering confidence that that I'm going to be successful at that, mm -hmm. and then go for it, go for it. I agree with that completely. Yep, completely. And the a great way to start to know and understand where is the best avenue for you, going and shadowing while you're seeing ah <laughs> yes yes that brings us right around. Good job, good job. You know, good like, job. Like go, I I just I can't recommend that enough reach yeah. out to the salons, 
go and shadow within them in your community. Go yeah. to five, six, seven, eight, ten, a hundred. Like mm -hmm. do it as much as possible mm -hmm. and get to know them. So that way, when you are ready to go and hand them your little resume mm -hmm. and you really want to be there, you've already gotten a vibe. Mm -hmm. You've already you have a rapport with them. They mm -hmm. they know they already know if they want you there or not because you've put in the work. Like yep. when I hire somebody at the current salon that I'm at and we talk to them and, and do an interview with them, a huge part of that is, is the vibe. Like, are you going to fit in with our stylist? You mm -hmm. know? And if you've come in and you shadowed, we already know, we already mm -hmm. know how the chemistry is. We yep. know if you're going to be a good fit or not. Yeah. And yeah. it just, it makes such a, a bigger difference on both ends, you know? So what advice would you give someone that walks into a store has the right outfit, has the right resume, and walks in and, and has a good interaction with the salon owner or manager. Okay, we're going to give you a shot. Come in and, set and shadow us on Tuesday, Wednesday. Mm -hmm. What what should they do to make a great first impression? Definitely show up ready to be in the salon, as in your physical appearance, you know? And, and it doesn't always mean, like, obviously it depends on the type of person that you are, but sensible shoes are <laughs> such a great way to go you know like if you're yes. someone that wants to wear high heels every day oh bless you yes. because i definitely can't um but you know come in ready to stand there yeah. ask questions prepare yourself to learn because building that rapport with whoever you're assisting with for today you know and i'm mm -hmm. using air quotes on assisting yeah. because you're you know you're there shadowing. for free you're shadowing mm -hmm. um if a, a Side note, if you go into a salon and they start having you work or touch clients or shampoo or clean, please don't go back to that salon because they are <laughs> abusing the system and they are probably not going to take very good care of you. <laughs> I'm, I'm raising my hand because I have a question. What if they were taking it as an opportunity to educate you about something? I, I think that I think as long as there is a point to it and mm -hmm. that there is absolutely some education that is coming along with it. And mm -hmm. that is one thing, okay. but I myself have been put in the situation mm -hmm. of when I was looking for jobs, I was yeah. free labor. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I have yeah. been free labor and I, I, <laughs> I always make sure that I will never do that to somebody else. Right. And, you know, I, I'm very grateful that the salon I'm in currently allows my voice to be heard when it comes to how we treat the assistants, because you know, I, let's just be really honest, the salon industry, if we had an HR manager, <laughs> we would all be in a lot of trouble. Um, unfortunately, that's just the way that it is. But, you know, we really do have to look out for these kids. And there are so yeah. many people out there that take advantage yeah. of, you know, these Cosmo babies that are coming in trying to get a career. And it's like, you know, if you were learning something from the situation, that is one thing. Yeah. But but in most states, and and I live in the state of Washington, so the laws here, um, as well as I know California, because I live there as well, mm -hmm. um, as as someone who is not licensed in that state, you are not allowed to touch a client. You are not allowed to cut. You are not allowed to apply. You are not allowed to wash. And if you are going in and somebody is doing those things, that could be a red flag. You know, mm -hmm. like you gotta you gotta kind of pay attention. But if they're if you're asking good questions and they're answering and they're showing you and they're, they're having you hold a section, that's a little different. That is right. teaching you, you yeah. know, really valuable mm -hmm. things on how to be an assistant in mm -hmm. that space. Right. Um, but 
But if you're just going in and they're using you as free labor, that's. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'd walk right out that door. <laughs> Not go back. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, it depends on what kind of labor. If they want me to clean the toilet, yeah, you know, maybe that's not the right spot for me. Yeah. <laughs> but a shampoo, I'm okay with the shampoo. <laughs> Ridiculous. As long as you're learning something valuable. That's right. That's right. That's right. If you want to go into a spot that cares about the craft and cares about the next generation so that they can share their information and teach the craft to the next coming up. Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of places that were very busy. They hire an assistant, they hire an apprentice, and they do a class once a week, if you're lucky. And then yeah. the class is always an afterthought. And it's like, and eh, they put forth no effort because they're tired. And I get it. I get it. But that's my responsibility to you as an apprentice is I have to teach you. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was lucky in that both my parents are in the business. You know, my mom is a barber, my dad is a barber, and he went to cosmetology school, so he's a hairstylist as well. So when I started working, I mean, I had dad there that I could talk to all the time. Dad was great, and he was very intelligent and could articulate concepts to me in ways that I could understand. He was a, a, an excellent teacher, so I was lucky. And then not only that, but he was very well-respected by a lot of other people in the city, in my town, Louisville. And yeah. so I could go to other salons for their apprentice classes. On Tuesday night, I'd go over to, to Tommy Callahan at Blades. And on Wednesday or Thursday, I'd go here. And so I had the opportunity to go jump in on these other classes. And yeah. so they all shared with me freely. So I feel a certain responsibility to share that back. Absolutely. So, you know, I mean, when I have an apprentice, I, I try to take it seriously. Sometimes I don't do as well as I'd like, but I, I try to, to keep that, be mindful of that yeah, you know, and not absolutely. waste someone's time yeah. and not crush someone's dream more so than anything else. That's, and that yeah. for me, I think that's my biggest thing is that um, part of the reason that I, I feel so strongly about going in and shadowing as a student and whether you can, some schools will help you do that. Like they yeah. actually have programs set up at some schools where they will help you go and shadow. So you can get the opportunity to work in salons. If your school doesn't have that call around, go do it for yourself, go in there on your free days, because that is going to show that you want it so much more than another kid that is just, okay, well, I graduated. Here's my resume hired me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's gonna, the fact that you're showing up is going to make a huge difference. But, you know, you can also go to seminars and classes and hair shows and talk to other stylists that are in the business and find who's working where. That's a good way in as well. So another thing that to go along with shadowing is that when you do set it up, definitely set up a time frame as well. Because something else to keep in mind is that if you are going into a salon that offers an assistant program, they will have assistants there working. And so you are going in on a volunteer basis to kind of check it out, to vibe, to see, you know, if, if it's something that would be a good fit for you and for them. Um, so maybe set up a prearranged time, whether, you know, that's two hours, that's three hours, that's a whole day. Ask before you go. And that way they know when you're going to come, when you're going to leave, because mm -hmm. you have to keep in mind, this is a business, like they're taking clients, they're teaching their assistants, as well as now bringing you into the fold to teach you. And you definitely don't want to be there and step on any toes, um, but you also want to make sure that you get value out of it. So whatever feels good to you, maybe set that up with the salon owner, the manager before you ever go in. 
Now, what are your what are your thoughts on going on a really busy day versus a moderately busy day? Because I, I mean, you say, don't do you want to go in on a Saturday and it's just like jamming and they don't have time to pay attention to you, or would you rather go in on a Tuesday where maybe they got a little time to interact and and shuck and jive and all that? So this is why I say pre-set it up, pre-set yeah. up the times and the dates with somebody. That way they know, because then when you go in, let's say you do go in on a Saturday because maybe you don't have school or maybe you got out of school early and you want to go in and see what it's like on a really busy Saturday, have that all set up. So they know when you're leaving and coming and going and everything else. Um, but then be like, Hey, I really love this. Could I come back next Tuesday or Wednesday and allow them, you know, to say yes or no. Um, but the more that you show up, the more they're going to remember you. And the more that you're there and the better that you present yourself every single time. And I mean that in the asking good questions, knowing when to not ask questions, knowing when to help or to hold or whatever you're allowed to do while you're there, the more that you do that, the more they're going to already have that vibe with you. And we actually had at the current salon that I'm at, we had a girl who came in and shadowed for six months, twice a week every single week it mm. was a no-brainer that she had a job of course she did we right. just basically put her through six months of a training program while she was right. still in school of course we were gonna hire her and she right. is amazing and just a little shout out to my little Megan because I love her so much she is maybe a year out of school I'm like I can't even remember she might be a year out of school as of right now and where are we fall of 2020 Megan graduated, I think in January, Megan is doing hair as a third year hairdresser, not even right. a full year graduated. Mm -hmm. She is next level. Yeah. I think that the old method of you coming in and assisting for two years, and then they give you one day on a salon and, and, the, and the behind the chair. And then once you build up, maybe they give you another day and then another day. I think that whole methodology is, is very antiquated. And doesn't necessarily apply, especially to someone mm -hmm. that really a hundred percent applies themselves to the craft and the art and the the things that they have to accomplish to be successful at doing hair. Absolutely. And and a lot of that I think is just the fact that, like with Megan, Megan showed up. Mm -hmm. Megan made it clear that she wanted to be there, mm -hmm. you know, and then she kept coming back. And right. at one point we were like, Do you just work here? <laughs> why aren't you just working here and that's mm -hmm. how it literally happened was just mm -hmm. that she was just she was there she was present she she yeah. applied herself and you know if if there could be a thousand megans in the hair industry that would be amazing if we could all be megans i would right. you know we would be a different industry completely yeah. Yeah. um now not everyone can be that and, and shadow and two days a week, that. and that's okay and that's but just okay. apply yourself on those moments when you can yeah. apply yourself. Absolutely. And if that's yeah. once a month, that's once a month, but it means that you're doing it and you're going But it, it's even it. more so than that. It's it's not just going into shadow. It's I'm watching the, the education on YouTube, the free yes. stuff on YouTube. I'm taking yes. online content courses that are teaching me to be better at not only the technical, but also the, the business side of, of being in hair. And Absolutely. I have to apply myself and treat this, especially the first four years, five years of, of your career, you have to teach it, have to look at it like it's college. It's not just eight, 10 months of beauty school and then I'm done. That's yep. the, 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 the initiation step. Mm -hmm. 
then you got to spend the next three or four years applying yourself and studying on your own. Absolutely. And it's, and I think that is just, that is going to be the difference that sets people apart. You Absolutely. Know? And, Absolutely. And that's why I'm like, I, I can't say it enough. Like go in and shadow, go in and do that. Have a bomb resume when you do graduate or when you are ready to hand over a resume for them and you want to do the ask, like, here's my resume. I, you know, let's talk about it. I'd like to be here. Um, so let, let's think about that. What, what needs to be on a resume for the hair business? Because if I go in with the resume that's that's looking like I'm, uh, you know, into administrative assisting, it's going to mm-hmm. fall flat. So I don't want it to be too far out, you know, on picture paper or something. And what what, what did the girl in Legally Blonde do? She put perfume <laughs> and yeah. glitter. So when you opened it up, it glitter. Yes. <laughs> that's what they should know. No, no, don't do that. Don't do that. I, I, I could go on and on and on all day about do's and don'ts on resumes, but the big, big takeaways for me that I have seen over my career that I would highly recommend would be one, don't, if you're going to send it via the, the interwebs, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> don't do it in a word document or a pages document, you know, put it in a PDF. So it doesn't mm-hmm. get all fudged up mm-hmm. and that way, whoever's getting it, they see it the same way that you created it. Mm-hmm. Um, There are amazing things out there now that can help you build resumes, things like Canva, you know, there are different platforms. Um, Stay away from the the Microsoft Word templates because those are not for our industry. You know, the things that salon owners are really wanting to see, and I don't take this just from my personal experience, but from other salon owners that I have talked to over my many years, um, you don't need to put your address. You just need to put where, where, are you located in the same city? You know, mm-hmm. like, like mm-hmm. it really doesn't matter. Like if you're applying at my salon, you're going to show up to work. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's all I need to know is that you're going to work there. Um, you need your name. You need a way to contact you, but that's going to be how you want to be contacted. Do you want them to call you? Do you want them to email you? What is your preferred method of contact? Put that on there. If you mm-hmm. don't, if you care about both, put both on there, put your phone number and your email address, but put your preferred method of contact. Um, like I said, don't put an address that does not matter. Um, definitely put your social media handles on there. And again, whatever platform is of your choosing, whatever, if you're using TikTok or if you're using Instagram, if you're using Facebook, if you're a Twitter person, put those on there, put the platforms that you are showing up for your preferred audience on your resume, because the first thing they're going to do before they ever call you is they're mm-hmm. going to stalk you online. They yep. want to see what you've done. And if you haven't done a lot on social media, that's okay. Not every school teaches it. Not mm-hmm. everyone, you know, they're kids today that are coming up through cosmetology schools. They, they have been growing, growing up on social media. Mm-hmm. It's different than me and you Russell, cause we're kind of old now, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm you still know, here. These, these kids today, they really, they do know social more than, than you and I ever did. You know, right, like I exactly. have to research constantly because it's not, it's something that's second nature to me. But if, if your social media presence isn't where you would like it to be, or your school isn't really teaching you how to show up on social media or social media is just a little more difficult for you, 
one, uh, you know, link in bio, (laughs) (laughs) Scissor and Moss Social is a great place to take some online courses to learn about social media and how to have a social media presence and how to talk to the proper audience. Um, But the other thing is, is at least have something so they know that you're trying because social media today is your online portfolio. Mm-hmm. That is the place that you're going to post your work and that they're they're going to check it before they ever call you. You know, mm-hmm. they want to see what you can do. And if there's nothing there, if it's a bunch of pictures of your dog or your kid or anything else, which is totally fine to have on there as well, in addition to your work, like you gotta, you gotta have something. You gotta show them something. Um so definitely have your social media handles on your resume. And then the advanced education that you've taken, you know, like something that that I can go on and on and on forever about, in addition to everything else I could talk about mm-hmm. for hours, mm-hmm. is, is taking advanced education during school. If you have the opportunity and you have the financial ability to do mm-hmm. it, definitely take those extra classes. It's, that's going to set you apart from somebody else. It's going to show the salon owner that you really want to be whatever type of hairdresser it is that you want to be by having well, it's showing intent classes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just showing that the intent is there is a lot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I don't know if schools talk about this or not as much as I would hope that they do, but if you have an educator come into your school's homeroom class or, or, you know, a free class that somebody offered, put that on there because that is advanced education. Mm -hmm. If you Mm -hmm. listened and you learned and you took something away, put that on there. Mm -hmm. You know, any advanced education that you had the ability to take, put it on your resume. Mm -hmm. The things that don't matter anymore, like an objective. I know what your objective is. You want a job. You want Mm -hmm. a job so you can make some money, so you can make people feel good, so you can make some Mm -hmm. pretty hair, so you could, Mm -hmm. you know, X, Y, Z to whatever your goal is. Mm -hmm. Like that doesn't matter, you know? Take objective so right someone, off the resume. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I don't care. When someone <laughs> come in to me and gave me a resume, I would look at you know, social, Instagram if they had any kind of work on Instagram. I would look at where they went to school, and I didn't really care where they went to school. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to know that they went through it and where they went, and that it was consistent and congruent. Like yeah. it didn't take them, you know, five years to go to beauty school or they didn't go for six months here and then six months there. I want to see, you know, intent that they went to beauty school, any kind of educational classes that they did. If they worked at a salon as a receptionist, anything like that was great mm-hmm. or any other industry that could transfer over. Well, yes, put that on. Yes. Uh, it does not have to be some mind blowing resume. Cause I know no, you're just out of school. I know it. All I want to see is intent and, and effort being put forth. That's all. Yeah. The other thing that, and maybe you feel differently about this, Russell, but the other thing that I don't think is necessary on today's resumes for getting a job at a salon is if you worked at Taco Bell for a few years, I don't care. Don't put that on there. It has nothing to do with the job that you're trying to get or the skills and ability that you need to work behind the chair with the client. You know, if you... Now, if you worked as a receptionist for a while and maybe yeah. you were trying to get a job as a receptionist at the salon, hell yeah, that matters. Like I know yeah. that you can answer the phone professionally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like I said, a, a job that would transfer well if I was the receptionist at a, a san, suntan hut, you it's, know, where, where yes. someone comes in and they're doing suntanning or 
I, I, an optometrist. I was the receptionist there answering the phone and booking appointments, mm-hmm. things like that that can transfer well. Exactly. Taco Bell, I, it has a soft place in my heart. You know, <laughs> Who doesn't I'm, love Taco Bell? I'm, I'm so happy they brought back the Mexican pizza. I'm, <laughs> I'm, uh, my life is complete. <laughs> I'm all about the vegan potatoes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> do they still have those? I haven't seen those. Sometimes. <laughs> but so, so no, the, the the Taco Bell doesn't doesn't matter on the resume. Yeah. Um, the other thing too, kind of going back to what you said about the consistency in school, if for the person that wasn't able to be consistent in school, because sometimes shit happens and yep. you have to take a break. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, let's be honest, it's not an easy industry no. and it's not an easy, like cosmetology school is not easy for everyone to get through it. It's pretty difficult for me, especially if you're a little older, especially mm-hmm. if you're older, mm-hmm. like if you were older than 20, yeah. it could be it's, really difficult. It's hard. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and so if you did have to take a break, my advice to you would not be to put a time frame, but to be put, I graduated. Yes. You know, 2022. Yes. Perfect. That's all you need to know. Yeah. yeah. Anything beyond, like nobody needs to know if you took a break, but if you didn't take a break and you got right through it and you were yeah. able to be consistent, go ahead mm-hmm. and put the start and finish dates, especially mm-hmm. if you got through school early. I mm-hmm. finished cosmetology school in 10 months because I wanted out. <laughs> I was 26 when I went back to school and I just, I wanted so badly to start my career and start mm-hmm. my future. And so mm-hmm. I did every single extracurricular. I did everything to get all of my hours done on time and finished and get myself out of there going in my life. And and so for some people, like that's, you know, that's, that's like a big deal for some people. So like, hell yeah, put that on there. It, it took me a while to get through beauty school. I went to three <laughs> different ones. They kicked oh, me man. out of the first one. I quit the second one and the third <laughs> one, I finally finished it out. But that's, that's a story for another time. Maybe next time we'll talk about it. So on, on the next podcast, I think we should cover what kind of questions that they should ask once they get there to shadow and then where they go from there. So thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. We hope this provided you with a lot of good content. And if you have any questions, please leave them below. Uh, leave us a review on Apple iTunes and also on Spotify. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.